Love Talk Radio.
the connection of um, parents and music and in this conversation that we're having this this evening um, is just bridging information in regards to how parents and children relate inside of music. And like Jay was just um, indicating with um, sharing his experience with his daughter having Facebook, you know, um, depending on the age group and the type of music that's being being offered, you know, we want to just be aware of, like, what our children are listening to. I'm a mother of a six-year-old, and as such, you know, my son at six-year-old, at six years old, already has his own interest in music. It's not the same as me, but just it's very interesting to share the dialogue about where children get their interest about music and having a conversation about where um, us as parents or adults and children, how they have their conversations about music. So I'm going to open up the line, and Gail, tell me, Mariama, what do you think about children and parents having, you know, these differences in music? Well, I think it's um, it's a great idea, particularly for a large number of families who don't even engage in music. It's a new idea. And also we have to remember that different um, groups of people treat how they manage their children in different ways. And the, and, and the different ways are so various, um, including sending them to other countries in order to enable them to be, as some, as some families um, do, is try to control or manage their children. Some manage to do it successfully and a lot not so successfully. Music um, and connecting with music from the parents and from the, the children's perspective is a great journey for all families to experience and it's a way in which you can break the divide. Hi, this is Gail. Um, you know, it's an interesting situation when you look at what the children are listening to. I have three nieces that are 10, 11, and 13. And often when we talk, they're telling me about, oh, Lady Gaga and, you know, Molly uh, Cyrus and, you know, all of these people that are out there. And one of the things that's really important is that my brother and his wife really keep an eye on the kinds of music that they look at. But most importantly, they keep the children engaged in other projects such as band camp, soccer, martial arts, and things like that, so that the kids, when they, they do get on the computer, they will appreciate their computer time. So they allow them to have a certain amount of computer time every day to listen to their music, to listen to face, to look at Facebook or whatever they happen to be on in social media, and it's monitored. It's really important to have those parental controls so that the parents, parents are monitoring them, but also they feel like they're being trusted with whatever they have by the values that the parents place in them. So that's one of the things I have found that in my family, just alone having my three nieces of those three age, varying ages, that they do incorporate what their parents share with them, but they have a really balanced outlook with being out with their friends and various activities and their online activities as well. Thank you, Gail, and thank everyone. I would like to tell you that we do have our lines open today. It is 661-244-9800. That is 661-244-9800. We invite you to call in and share your experiences, and not just as a parent, but also as a child, having a relationship with your parents and listening to the music that they've listened to and the questions are, do you listen to music that your parents like? Do you resent your parents because of the music they had you grow up on? I know personally I grew up listening to a easy listening station in New York City where that would be the soundtrack in the car with my parents, a lot of singer-songwriters from the 70s, and it was. I thought it was just the music which was, but this is what music is since that's what my exposure was to growing up. And then as I got older and I and my friends in school were playing different things like rap and hard rock. I tell you my favorite band in fifth grade was Guns N' Roses. And it was just comical my father just being that much older than me, just not getting it at all and just not being able to relate with me. 
Now, my question to our panel today is, what was the experience growing up listening to music with your parents? What music of your parents do you still listen to today and things that you remember? I'll start with Jay. Uh, my parent was a jazz uh, musician, and I listened to a lot of Coltrane, Miles Davis, um, a lot of avant-garde type of music. So um, I didn't really understand that type of music Ian, when I was a kid, but I listened to it because my dad played it. And so I learned how to play, and some, and I also learned how to perform um, some of the music that he had me perform in New York. Even though I live in San Francisco Bay Area, I was able to perform at a, a place called the Village Vanguard. And my mom was uh, the ticket lady at the front, and so I got to play the trumpet in that in that club, and it was wonderful. So I, I actually experienced not just playing, sing, hearing the music. I experienced playing the music on stage. It's always wonderful. It's wonderful. So that's my experience again. Hi. Um, I guess my experience in music has really started with my grandmother and grandfather. This is Gail, by the way, and my, and my mom, listening to everyone from Nat King Cole to Satchmo and Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr. and Dean Martin. I, I'm dating myself here you know, the old Rat Pack, all the way up to, uh, you know, Janet Jackson and Lady Gaga now. So I tend to like that music, but I also tend to love classical and also love world music and Spanish music. And, you know, there's so many genres within Spanish music. So I have a wide variety that I love listening to, to soca and calypso and reggae. Uh, one of the things that I tend to really, really love is music that is different, that makes a difference, that's uh, new artists that are coming out. They don't always have to be the mainstream. At the same time, I love the Beyonce's as well. So it's a wide range, and I have to actually say that the music that my family and the children that I hear, they, they're open to the old music, and it, it creates a dialogue between you know, the old and the new. And um, since I helped to raise my nieces as a village, um, as part of the village, it it's really important that they see and that I'd be a role model being in this business for them and that they know that whatever I stand for as a person, you know, it's important that they see that so that they know that I am I'm actually being consistent with what I stand for in the business itself. And that's with respect to women, respect to families and so forth. So we're gonna pass you on to Natasha. In my family, um, one of the genres that was uh, uh, pretty predominant in my household was definitely the Motown vibe. So all of the Supremes, Marvin Gaye, and just loving all of that music, even at 30 years old, I still listen to that on my iPod. And um, I remember just growing up having, like, a musical family. All of my uncles were uh, singers and performers and um, played instruments from the congos to the drums and, you know, came together collectively singing in a number of clubs and just having so many people at my house and just putting on the radio, listening, and everyone just having a great time. Even to this day, you know, when we have family events, we're still just put the music on and everyone is just singing along to all of the songs that they remember growing up. And I have a personal interest in, like, international music, global music. So I think some of the best music comes from outside of the U.S. And just having an experience of all the different types of music coming together just gives you such a worldly experience. And I'm so glad to have an opportunity to uh, offer that to my son and his friends and other children in New York City schools. Hello, it's Mariama here again. Well, um, in terms of my music, it's a bit um, of a winding journey. Um, as a child, I grew up listening to Zarian music, which is because I'm from a Sierra Leonean background and a Jamaican background, but in terms of Zarian music, it's because I'm from a Sierra Leonean background. In a lot of um, African countries, um, Zarian music covers a good part of the continent south of the Sahara. So I grew up with that, as well as um, music um, to do with the church, particularly when we were in trouble. My mother would sing a hymn, and we knew we had it. And then also, um, I 
had exposure living in Sierra Leone to other music, particularly Afrobeat and um, Milo music. And then also, taking my own journey, um, listening to Motown, Soul, and, um, and currently what is going on, which is all kinds of genres. Um, I also have um, some background in learning to play the piano, so classical music was part of my training. So I have an appreciation for Chopin, Beethoven, but also I was very into jazz. Didn't get a chance to to do much too much with that with the piano when I was um, being taught it. But um, I have a wide interest um, that I've taken my own journey with, and I just absolutely love music. Okay. Well, I think I've said something to hopefully trigger some discussion. Okay. Over to Ian. Thank you. So, you know, the setup in our thing today, being here in London, we are calling out to Blog Talk Radio. We have one phone which we've been passing around today. It's been it's an amazing experience as we are all sharing our experiences. And we invite you to share your experiences with us. Once again, the number is 661-244-9800. That's Six six one two four four nine eight zero zero. Now, my Robin, being here in London, I'd like to ask you about what you see with the experiences in terms of like the pop culture and like what are the kids, what are the children really being attracted to right now, music-wise? Is it and just do you see influence from just years of just amazing history here being from being here in the UK? Well, I, I think there's a lot going on, and there's a lot that's um, also um, outside of mainstream, and also stuff that was outside of mainstream now becoming mainstream. So you've got Garage, which is, um, and, and Funky House, which is quite popular. Um, in fact, I should say very popular with... Um, uh, the youth, and also not just youth, really, up until you know through the the generations, really, I suppose under 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 55, I should say maybe, and um, and also there are other um, uh, trends going on in different communities um, where you know they mix their own music with with their own cultures and and come up with different blends. Um, I think it's quite an exciting time. Um, you also have pop occurring. And also you have what, what is happening is a lot of fusion and a lot of um, uh, groups from around the world that are just actually rotating their music through the UK and through to other countries and vice versa. So I think I will pass myself back to Ian who came up with a great question, but maybe, no, I think I should pass myself on to Jay. I'm sure he's got a lot to say about this. Hey, hi, everybody out there. i like to say a little thing about out here. We're in London, and it's so wonderful. Um, we were on the underground uh, earlier today, and there was a man at the booth, and we were coming through with how we saw this gentleman, he, it, he, Ian started singing a song. So the man came over to Ian and said, what song are you singing? What song are you singing? And Ian said, well, I'm singing a song I kind of made up. Well, there was a story there. This guy starts uh, mimicking Louis Armstrong, and he starts mimicking Frank Sinatra. He sounded great, and Neil Sadaka and everyone. And it was just a, just a beautiful how music, you could see how music affected this gentleman. This gentleman had to be at least maybe in his early 50s, and uh, you could see the joy, the joy coming out of his heart. And you could tell that, uh, that his parents must have been a great influence. And this is what we're talking about today, how parents' songs influence you as an adult. And, and, and that was a great example. Uh, wouldn't, you, wouldn't you say that, Ian? Absolutely. It was just beautiful. It was, it was clear because he just heard from my voice that, I was American and clearly not British, and it's beautiful. Like I was 
I was telling Jay earlier before the show that there there are people who just love America and just love American culture from around the world. We, we were just passing like a random gift shop and we saw these Major League Baseball hats up on the walls. They were all the wrong colors of the wrong teams. The Yankees don't wear orange, thank you. But it was, but but it's just such a great connection and just such a beautiful thing with that. The other thing that was in the underground, there were musicians in every station. They had either somebody playing the guitar or any other instrument, the horn or singing, and it was just so wonderful how music influenced the British here because um, just seeing every station in the underground, some musician playing music, and I know these people were influenced by their parents. So it was just great seeing how much uh, the British loved music, not only their own music, but our music. And I just every time I walked past, I had to put a pound in just to support the musician. And it was just a wonderful thing here, just seeing everybody here in London loving music. So that's, I wanted to share that with you guys in America to let you guys know that music is still strong over here in London, just as strong as it is in the States. Thank you, Jay. And I know that um, as a... Just as a, as a fan of music, just knowing that how much this culture here in the UK has brought to me, like I had no idea that like some of the songs that my parents would listen to when I was growing up were were the Beatles or Elton John. I was just a child who just the radio just happened to be on, and just really being able to listen to this and just see it. Yet when I I come here and I see that obviously American culture has influenced it. I see ads for movie Charlie St. Cloud, which stars Zac Efron, who was in High School Musical. Just seeing the music just brought up and just and just seeing how everything is is connected here. So I have a question. Let's take this in another direction. What are there any teenagers out there who would like to call in and let us know what they think the latest musical trends are and what direction they think the latest music trends are going in? Are there any parents out there who watch what their children are listening to and listen to when their children are just hanging out with their friends, what they're listening to as well? One of the things that I notice about being here in London or Japan or the States is that culture is very, very different in how children are raised. So, for instance, in Japan, with our guest Kana last week, we had where whatever she tells her child to listen to, it's what she listens to and it's monitored very closely. Whereas here in London and in the States and basically all of Europe, music is just freely listened to across the board by most children, and the parents are pretty open with allowing their children to listen to whatever they want, allowing, giving them the openness to explore the same way we do in the States. So looking at just from culture to culture how that plays in. We'd love to know what you guys think out there as well. And I'm going to pass you on to Mariama once again. Well, yes, I think um, I'd like to hear and, 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 and speak to, um, to young people that have a different view to anything that we have actually said. And I'm, I know that there are different views going on. They think maybe that um, a lot of their parents um, are completely into another world. They don't understand them. They don't understand the kind of music that they like. And they very much would like to find a way to to introduce the music that they like to the parents for them to appreciate it. And the parents, we also need to kind of like try and understand and open up to them also. It's really, um, it's really very important that they get together with the child and actually um, really experience together the music that is there. And we have the internet; it makes it so easy to reach this music. We have, you know, the radio shows, but really, particularly, the internet is invaluable. You can just tap into practically anything you want in terms of music. Okay, that's my. Um, view on that aspect. I really hope somebody could come in and and challenge what I say and tell me I'm, I'm talking rubbish or whatever. Okay. 
one of the things that I'm noticing uh, in the trend of music is definitely a resurgence of old school music, that there are a number of um, people under 25 who are rediscovering some of the classics and how um, having the advancement of technology, iPods and computers and Facebook, MySpace and all these different social networks is just allowing people from around the world to be able to really come together in the context of um, music and having and opening up the dialogue such that people are now connecting on a global level around music and conversations and just being able to, music in itself is a language. And so what I'm finding here are that with so many things that are going on in the world, people have music being a part of a place where they can heal. And so this dialogue with parents and kids' music, we had all, you know, have our experiences where, you know, when we weren't feeling well or we were upset, you know, we would put our headphones on. I know from my own experience, I would just put my headphones on and listen to, you know, there were some songs that just spoke deeply to me. And even to this day, they still resonate with me. And I just remember where I was, you know, we and just the whole experience of, like, who these artists would mean. They were, like, my friends. They were people who, you know, I could connect with. And sharing that same conversation with my friends, you know, it was just, like, how we really got to explore, explore music. And what I'm finding now is that the the teens now and the young adults now are so open to um, all types of music and just really um, having such a refined taste inside of what they're bringing to music. One of the things I remember as a kid was Michael Jackson, the first album. Going to the drugstore and being shocked that they had Michael Jackson's first album. I would see him on the Ed Sullivan show and watch him. I had this huge crush. And one of the things that brought the family together is my mom bought the album for me. And my brother, I must have been like 12, and my brother must have been 5. And my mom bought the album for us, and she was cooking, and she said, we're going to play the album. And we started all dancing together, and then my grandmother joined in, and then my aunts joined in. And I remember it just became a family affair. And to this day, if we put Michael Jackson on, my mom is much older now, and she still will get up and dance with us and her grandkids. So it's like a generational thing. And I watched my brother get up and dance with his three daughters and his wife, and it becomes a generational thing for them. And I think kids are really connecting when kids, have that opportunity to say, oh, mom, oh, dad, you're old. You don't know what it's like. That's when you you really have connected with your parents again. That's when the I love you, dad, and the I love you, mom, comes back. That's when, you know, your kids like, oh, I can really relate to my mom because they understand me, even from, you know, when teenage, teenagers go through slamming the doors because they've got rock music on and no one understands them but rock music, you know, we go through all of that, but when we give our children the opportunity to explore all of that, or when now children, as a, a Conrad of ours today that we met with says, that her child is listening to the 80s music that she used to listen to and how that has played such a big part because here she thought she was so old and her daughter is now listening to the 80s music that she used to be involved in and help create and produce. And she's like, oh, I'm going to an 80s party, but when we try and tell the kids, oh, we've been there. Oh, you don't know. We, You're too old. Now they're enjoying, like, the resurgence of our music. And also music that calls to a message of global healing. Kids are hearing if it has a good beat, if it has a good track, if it has a good rhyme, if it's around rapping, something or, or hip-hop that they can relate to. They're getting into global issues, understanding what the issues are about there. And there are kids in different high schools and junior high schools around the world that are starting to take more of a emphasis on making a difference in those different countries, whether it's water needed or children fighting one another. We see it on Oprah and other shows like that. So music has also become a healing force. And being in London, you really get a sense of that, like the music scene here is really very strong. And the 
the children here are very open to the music that they're hearing. So I would say the most important thing is not the trend is, not who the latest artist is, but now that there's so much new music online, music that makes a difference, music that can appeal to each person's ears, each child is going on the Internet or each young adult is going on the Internet and saying, I found a new artist and telling their friends about it. So new artists are being introduced who are also making a difference in each community of teenagers and young adults. We're going to pass this back to Ian and let us know if you have any questions. Come on in and dialogue with us. Thank you, Gail. Once again, the number is 661-224-9800. That is 661-224-9800. Five of us would love to hear what you have, what your experiences are. I'm going to change the subject um, for a bit. What is the funniest experience you've ever had with your parents and the way they judge your music? I mean, have you had those experiences at all? That have you listened? What have you listened to? I know my father used to always refer to Guns and Roses as Guns and Roses and hand grenades, and then sometimes just change the words to the songs to make it sound funny to be like some way just connecting with me as a child, yet not being yet at the same time being clear that okay, this is not my music, but I need to connect with my son, and how do I do this and acknowledge the music that? That I'm listening to. So, so I'll start start with Natasha. Go a little out of order. Um, funny stories for me around music is uh, my family always telling me that I couldn't dance. Um, so we put the music on and you know just trying to keep the beats and they were just laugh and we just have fun and just you know I will always just like try super super hard you know as I'm listening to music. It was just always fun. Music just, like, had me just, like, do it anyway. So, you know, I did the singing in the shower and also just, like, dancing in the mirror. And my son has, like, so much fun just, like, dancing up in the air and just, you know, doing whatever he wants to do. So I believe, like, with music, you just get this creative aspect and you get to really just have fun, you know, no matter uh, what the song is. You can be super silly. Uh, music allows you to just have a lot of fun, and you don't always have to be so serious all the time. Mariama? Well, I really am straining here. That's how sad it was in terms of music in, in my household, in terms of anything funny with my parents. I mean, the only thing I can think of is my mother writing to her mother back in Jamaican saying this is what they're doing, they're wearing afros and they're listening to Michael Jackson and they should get serious. And that's really uh, not a lot I can say right now. I'm sure I'm going to think of something in a little while. Well, I, um, used, this is Jay, and um, I used to DJ at all the high schools in uh, my area, and so we had a high school party, and so here I am getting ready to play. I don't know what it was. It could have been a James Brown record. So I'm telling everybody, I'm getting ready to play this James Brown record, so you guys be prepared. I, don't know, I think it was the big payback or something. Um, well, I put the record on, and everybody was dancing all of a sudden, and I didn't realize it was a scratch in the record. <laughs> so everybody was dancing, and the record kept saying, the big, the big, the big, the big, and all the kids turned around and they laughed and had fun. And so now I'm remembered for that record forever, messing up the school dance. And I think that was hilarious because uh, uh, it just kept going over and over and over and over. And I don't know if you guys remember vinyl, but uh, that's what would happen when you have a scratch in your record. So that was a pretty funny time for me. So that was something that was fun and funny. Hi, this is Gail. I think I remember the funniest thing that ever happened, music story, was I was at my high school prom, and I had these really thick Coca-Cola bottle glasses. And while I was there, on came this, like, really cool song. And I probably purposely forgot it, but I thought I was hip and I was going to dance because I was, like, the total geek with the thick glasses. So this guy comes up, he's really cute, and I want to act like I'm cute because I always wanted to dance with him. 
every time there was a school dance, I wanted to dance with him. So finally he came and asked me to dance. And as we get ready to, ready to dance, music comes on, start moving to the beat, and all of a sudden I look up at him and I gaze in his eyes and I trip and fall. <laughs> and the whole class just laughed. So to this day, which I will not tell you guys what song that was, that is what I remember as <laughs> his musical experience. We actually want to take it and move it in a new direction. And this is to all the parents and the kids out there, you know, and the young adults. I know that you guys sometimes wonder, you know, like, oh, I have my iPod touch, I have this gadget, I have that gadget, I have my computer, you know, I have my phone and I can, you know, share the phone with other people with my music on it. But I wonder if you guys wonder, and this is really speaking to the young adults and the kids, do you wonder how artists make their living from listening from you listening to their new music? Like it's so cool to share with your friends and stuff. But what if you guys became the the new trends in music, finding the new music for us? You're beginning to do that, but I wonder if you guys really wonder what it takes for an artist to become an artist and the road they travel and how technology is really fun by you engaging with them, by you having fun with them and telling them how you really like their music. They're not just out there saying, do you like my music? They kind of want to know if you think their music is crap. Like, I know a lot of you like Lady Gaga, and, you know, where she was the lampshade on her head. But, like, you know, tell us about your thoughts. So call on that, and we're going to start with that dialogue now. So I'm going to start with saying this. Part of the direction right now when, let's look at Justin Bieber, because I know a lot of you guys out there like Justin Bieber. He put himself on YouTube, and all you guys listen to him, and the next thing we know, everyone's into him, and the girl thinks he's really cute. I'm just going to put this over to Mr. Logan so he can share with you guys how easy it's not to get there. <laughs> and he's going to share that with you now. Yes, um, I was going to talk to you guys about uh, your publishing. Publishing is very important to know how to start up a publishing company and how to receive your funds. So you have to affiliate yourself with a performance rights organization. Either that could be in the States, BMI, or ASCAP. These are performing rights organizations, and these are the people that you affiliate your music with. So they can tabulate the sales and the record play on the radio. So if you go to BMI.com, you can sit there and you can fill out the form online, and you can affiliate yourself as a publisher or a writer. Um, that's just one part of it, because to be a publisher, you have to have written something that's coming out. And to be a writer, you have to have something published. So it's kind of a catch-22. So when you get your break and you get your song on, let's say, a Lady Gaga or, or another artist, then you're, you're able to get your song published. And so those are the two organizations that you need to contact, BMI or ASCAP. So it could be one or the other and not both? It could be one or the other. And then in other countries they have other affiliates that go around and tabulate uh, your record sales and how many times your music is played on the radio. So it could be just one. It's very wise just to be one. You could be a BMI writer and an ASCAP publisher, but it's kind of confusing there. So it's better just to stay double affiliated with one organization so your money doesn't get uh, lost. Amazing things you can do to just all these different things. I've worked in different kinds of licensing, and just knowing that the rights to a song, the rights to who wrote the song, when somebody does a remake of the song or a cover, or if there's a music video, like there's just so many things. Like when you go online and buy items from online stores such as iTunes where there's one big noticeable exception right now from the online stores in terms of purchasing audio, and that's the Beatles. One Apple from another Apple, going back to us being here in London, where there's the Beatles rock band, and there's the ability to download additional songs for the Beatles rock band, but officially you can't buy any of the Beatles catalog on your for your iPod or to be downloaded to your computer at least legally. And it's just such a special and it's just really a very interesting time 
because I know that over the last 10 years, as music has switched, moved really from the physical sense of buying CDs and before that cassette tapes or records or 8-tracks in the store, it's become a model where people are buying items online or listening to things online. And a special thing. One of the things I think that when we as, you know, when our kids listen to music, they don't realize. When you guys go out there and, you know, you're like, I'm going to go to LimeWire and download my music for free. Do you know your boy Kanye West or your girl Katy Perry, you know, or, or, or Jason Derulo? None of them get the money that you guys want to have them to have so that you can actually keep, li- they can actually keep listening to the music and they can actually generate income to be able to do that. So, we just ask you guys, like, it's cool to, you know, share your music, but purchase some of your music, too, that, so that they can make some money so they can keep making their music. Because part of what you guys don't know is that it takes a producer and an artist to come together and create their music. It takes production time and in-the-studio time for them to have their music come together so that you guys can actually listen to the music, you know. And, it, you know, just like really also – Get online. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you want to hear. You know, I know a lot of you guys like B.O.B. with Bruno Mars. And if any of you are interested in really getting into music, one of the things you can do is, like, if you, when you write your song and you think it's really cool, for a cheap copyright and ask your parents about the copyright. You can just write the song and mail it back, back to yourself so that it's called a cheap man's copyright, so you don't have to pay the $25 per song, because I know you kids who are 13 and 14 and 15, you want to spend your money on your sneakers and not, you know, copywriting stuff right now. So that's just some things for you guys to know and check out and have some fun with. And right now we're going to go into our next segment, and we, before we do, I'd like you to call in at 661-244-9800 and let us know what you think. Again, Please call us in at 661-224-9800, 661-224-9800, so we can hear what you think. We really are looking forward to hearing from you guys. Thanks. Yes, and, and I know one element right now in this record business, in the music business, has been really moving from even the sale of music into really where where do artists make their money since since as much as it has been people are losing money from the from the sales or the not sales of music there's concerts there's merchandise t-shirts hats so so I'd like to open this up to everyone every single one of you everyone here in London, everyone listening to us on the radio, like, what are your experiences of music, like, going to concerts, going to concerts, especially with your parents, or if you are a parent, taking your children to a parent, like, you to call us or raise your hand to share some of your experiences of just going to concerts with parents. I know I had an experience where I've never actually been to a concert with my parents, but... I was at a James Taylor concert maybe about 10 or so years ago. It was a a very different experience from some of the louder concerts I've been to where I sit on my feet. Everyone was sitting down. I saw people that looked like, this could be my father right here listening to the song. And it was just an experience that I shared it with my father. And he then, I think a year or two later, went to a James Taylor concert, and he really enjoyed it. And I'm just very grateful that, even though I haven't been to a concert with my father, that I can sit down and we can share these experiences of going to the venues and just even, like, things about driving there or taking the train and the issues of parking or just, like, the quirks of the venues, what food they serve, that... I can have a relationship with my father as a son when they perhaps have a relationship with children of my own, being able to go there. And I see we have a have a caller here or not. 
We had a caller on the switchboard. Who's disappeared? Um, we do invite you to call us at 661-224-9800. 661-224-9800. So does anyone here on our panel today have any concert experiences with their parents or their children? Oh, yes, I do. Um, <clears throat> this is Jay again. Uh, a couple years back, I took my son, Jay Jr., to see uh, Usher. And he loved the way Usher danced because just the fact that Usher can dance so good, and he wanted to see him live. So we went to the Concord Pavilion, and we were invited by a friend, and it was the most exciting time I've had with him. And it was just wonderful because he got to see Usher. We got to hang out with Usher a little bit backstage. And... Well, it was another act up there, Nas, and he was just so excited. And it was like I could see it in his eyes because it's, it's different. After hearing and seeing the videos, Ian, actually seeing the performer on stage, it comes to life in the child's mind. And um, he has much, had a much respect for Usher after we went to the show. I enjoyed the show. Usher was awesome, and I know I am so happy that I took him to that show. So I urge all parents to, to actually go to the concerts with your child and take them, because when the artist comes alive, that experience stays in that child's heart for the rest of their lives, and your child will be very grateful for that experience. And I know my son Jay was very, very grateful for that experience. It just made him feel, it just made us feel like a family. And you take your kids out and they have that experience, you'll feel like a family, and it just makes the whole family just so, so more closer. So that's what, that was my experience, experience with Usher, uh, with Jay Jr. It was a wonderful experience, Ian. Thank you very much, Jay, for sharing that experience. That must be something special to be, as my parents never took me to concerts because it was never anything really we were interested in. And as a child, I know there's always the artists that are really just the kids artists, I know that you know your Disney on Ice, your Sesame Street Live type things. Never went to those. I did go to the Christmas Spectacular in Radio City in New York City. Yes, I am Jewish. They do. They did have the Hanukkah segment at that time. I know that sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Or just like going to Broadway shows. It's it's definitely a special experience to really just be around music. Like I was a as a child, like through fourth grade, through high school, I was in a competitive marching band. I played the clarinet. My mother played the clarinet as well. And as and so did my sister growing up. So I always have this bond to my mother with the clarinet. Like I have this, I haven't played the clarinet in over 10 years, but I still have them. Like I, whenever I'm in my parents' houses and I just see the clarinets, there's this one old clarinet, like, from, like, the 1960s. It's a buffet. It was made in Paris. It's this wooden clarinet. I believe it has a value of just, you know, it, it's, like, the, it's definitely worth more than the standard plastic clarinets. I would never sell that. But just the, just for the sentimental value that this was my mother's clarinet. I know my sister played it at times. And just having that, and that's such a bond that I have with my mother, just playing the clarinet, and this has inspired me to pick up the clarinet again. I know that Woody Allen even still plays clarinet, and he plays a gig like once a week in the city, even just being this accomplished film director just many years later after originally taking it up, and it's just powerful just performing music, writing music just being musical, even like going to a karaoke bar and just singing or playing Guitar Hero or Rock Band. I just enjoy it, just being with my parents. So does anyone have any other musical experiences that they'd like to share as a musician, as a fan here tonight? Well, when I was in elementary school, the first instrument that I picked up was a trumpet, but I couldn't blow my cheeks out. 
speak enough. So I gave up the trumpet and began playing the clarinet like Ian. I played the clarinet for about two and a half years. Um, it was actually one of my favorite intru- instruments. Um, I also had my hand at violin. But to this day, I would have to say that the clarinet was definitely uh, my favorite instrument. Uh, my son uh, was given a guitar for his birthday uh, for my cousin. And uh, what I noticed about him at six years old, he just sits there and he starts creating his own songs. And he has no idea how to uh, tune up the guitar, but he's having a great time and, you know, just writing out his little pieces. So one of the things that uh, I want to do with him is actually, um, you know, get an instructor for him and actually, you know, so he can really play and give him an option to, like, check out different instruments and um we have the drums in our basement and the piano. Um, so he has a world of music around him and just has the opportunity to really just, um, you know, take his pick at using musical instruments. And I think musical instruments for, for kids is just really important to to their self-esteem um, and having them be more rounded people. Um, just the the intensity that it takes to learn an instrument, the notes, the skill, it just adds to other areas of life and the other subjects that they're uh, doing in school. Thank you, Natasha. Imagine if you can just record an album. I can just see it, the violin and the clarinet. You can lay down the different tracks. I have to say my favorite instrument. Uh, my favorite instrument that I picked up as a child was the violin. I loved the violin, the way it sounded, the way, it, just the melodic tones of it, and also playing the harp. That was, those are two of my favorite instruments. And now watching my nieces play the oboe and the clarinet and the flute, like they're taking out what my brother and I did too. And it was just a lot of fun and relaxing as well. And also we used to hit each other with the violins on the head. So that was a lot of fun as well at the time. So we're going to pass it over to Jay. Yeah, I remember when I was uh, <clears throat> young trying to figure out which instrument to play. Um, like I said earlier, I started with the trumpet, then I ended up on the harmonica. Left the harmonica in a uh, movie theater, <laughs> and then I ended up, my dad said, hey, I think that he needs to play piano. So I ended up on the piano. I urge um, most parents to have their kids learn the piano first because the piano, it's all instruments in one. And I mean that. And by by me, that is you have the bass and you have the treble clef and you have everything in one and you can see everything at one time. And you don't get as tired because playing the flute and the harmonica and the trumpet, you use a lot of air. <sighs> and it's very, very tiring. It's a lot of work for young kids. So the keyboards will allow them to learn the entire bass and treble clef and see it in front of them, and they can be more creative. And that's one suggestion uh, that I have. And I'm so glad that I learned the piano. Uh, just so glad that that's one instrument that I learned. Um, the other thing I like to say is when you do hire a teacher for your kid, make sure that that teacher has a good understanding that the trust that you have for your kid, make sure that teacher is able to talk with you, know what kind of kid you have, know how your kids focus. Because a lot of times when kids are learning, they uh, they might not want to play the instrument that you decide them to play. So you need to talk to the teacher and make sure you find out, Ian, that that kid would like to play that. Like, for instance, um, I enjoy playing piano, but maybe another kid might be made to play piano and the parent might lose some of the trust because the kid really wants to play the drums. So make sure whatever instrument you choose for your child that the child is interested because uh, it takes a lot of discipline to be a musician. And uh, and you want to make sure your kid loves what he's doing. And you want to make sure that you experience that love, that love and, and that that focus with your kid so your kid will learn. And, and, and learning music will help him in his school work also. Here Yes, I remember just my parents always attending my recitals and concerts and when I was in high school, the competitions. Uh, my life, like from for four years, 
my life belonged to the band from from the middle of August until Thanksgiving. My high school homeroom wasn't at the beginning of the day. It was between second and third period. Why? Because band was first period and band started before school started. It was something pretty serious. And I would not trade that experience for it. And and also I got my first experience being on a film set, being in high school, as we were the marching band at the beginning of the fake Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade in the opening of the remake of A Miracle on 34th Street that, that opened in 1994. And years later, long after I graduated, my high school band was in Spider-Man 3, which we always jokingly say was the best part of the movie, that band in that little pep rally in City Hall. Thank you. And we've got we've got a few minutes remaining, and we invite you to call us at 661-224-9800. That is 661-244-9800. This is Parents Kids Music. We're live from London. This is Ian Eisenberg here along with Jay Logan, Gail Davis, Natasha McRae, and Mariama Grant. It is a beautiful evening here in London, which is an afternoon here in I believe it's almost 4 p.m. in New York and on the East Coast and almost 1 p.m. on the West Coast as we have a few minutes remaining. And I believe that we have something. Oh, yeah, this is Jay again. And like I said, this London trip has been wonderful. We're here and we've seen a lot of kids walk around with iPods on them. And so we know that here in London that these children out here are really enjoying American culture, and I am enjoying it also. Um, like, like, once again, we would like uh, everybody to know that um, Parents and Kids and Music is a show about the relationship between you and your child, and we just want to share that information with all the world because that is the most important thing is to be able to take your kid and have an experience with them. Um, and like my, like I said earlier, my son, uh, when we went to the Usher concert, um, that was a wonderful experience where I would cherish for the rest of my life because I saw the smile on his face, went from ear to ear, and he couldn't believe that he was at the show and he couldn't believe that Usher was right there in front of him. And he was an Usher fan forever. And, and, and that's the type of thing you want your kid to remember. Um, I, my daughter, Jelena, She's wonderful, and we share music together all the time. Um, she had me uh, listen to, uh, she had me go to uh, see Molly Cyrus' movie, and she loved the way she played guitar. And she said, Daddy, Daddy, I want to play guitar like her. Can you show me how to play the guitar? And I said, I sure can. So I showed her three, three or four chords, and to this day she's driving me crazy with those chords. And uh, <laughs> so I'm just encouraging her to keep playing and and keep practicing and keep the music alive. Um, it's very important in these days of downloading. Um, I'm going to give the phone back to Ian, our host. Uh, Ian? Once again, I'd like to thank everybody for listening today. I'm here in London. You have enjoyed yourselves, learned something, thought about the relationships that you have as a parent and as a kid the music that you listen to, and we're looking forward to um, hearing from you next time here on Parents Kids Music. Thank you.